All right, people, we're back. Another week of podcasting as we count down closer to the end of the year. This time we got another double feature going on. I I haven't done this, I believe, since March, I want to say, when I was doing my stupid uh, double features gimmick every week that somehow worked really well. Uh, We've got a big Marvel release, which means that people are actually finally talking about and going to see a new movie. Are they? Uh, uh, Surprisingly enough, yeah. Don't worry. I got some notes about that. And uh, what's it called? And uh, we also have the release of a brand new, uh, arguably the man who started the whole Netflix craze, uh, the the brand new film from David Fincher himself, his 12th uh, overall feature film, The Killer. We're gonna be talking about both of those tonight. I got Dustin back with me. Dustin, what's going on, man? You excited? You excited to talk about these two movies? I'm excited to talk about one of them. <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk about both, just because every time we get a we we get a bad movie in here, or at least a slightly perceived bad movie, I I know that that that's your time to cook. So uh, I'm gonna save that for the main conversation. All of that and more on tonight's episode of the Talking TV Podcast. going on people we are back for yet another episode of the talking tv podcast we are talking about both the brand new drop from marvels aka the marvels i've already made as many jokes as i possibly can about that so i'm not going to make another one and david fincher's brand new movie the killer which we'll be talking Ooh. about oh, come back to that. Right, we'll come back to that oh yeah i like that logo funny about that i literally was just looking for logos but i made these uh when i made the thumbnails i made the thumbnails like fucking a month in advance usually um i, I was looking for like the official logo for the killer and for whatever reason it wasn't on this so one like, yes is like it's like going into yours yeah exactly well well so that well that's because <laughs> fucking disney always puts their graphics and shit out for like the for like you know because they know that every youtube like pulls that them from online in order to make the graphics they always put their, their shits out like months in advance but netflix and like smaller movies they never put them out until like a week before the movie comes out so i was just yeah. looking right in, in, in one of my in one of my pages for the killer official logo and i found this and i'm like oh that looks sexy as fuck i'm doing that one <laughs> and then we unfortunately gotta go back to this one as well so yeah. like i said it, it, it was sort of a big weekend drop i don't know i feel like this of all the months you know we were talking a little bit about the strike you know recently sag after just came to a deal with amptp so as of right now both strikes have officially been resolved but i i do think it's funny how we're we we were always going to see the the like the major effects of the strike like much much later on you know we didn't really start to feel it in september and october november i feel like is where we started to feel it because we were supposed to get dune right dune part two last week we didn't get it and i feel like last week there was like a really big empty spot on the calendar where it's like that now that, that was like supposed to be like the big like fall event that then because it got yanked like obviously it allowed other movies to come in and kind of pick up the slack you know kills of the flyer moon have like a decent momentum you know you're gonna see like more <clears throat> momentum i feel like around mo- bigger movies like napoleon and then when we get into december movies like poor things aquaman. and maestro oh yeah aquaman that's gonna get so much momentum behind it that won't get lost in the shuffle at all uh the, the, the fact that wonka is like getting like good decent tracking <clears throat> right now is hilarious to me but so with that being said, with Dune kind of out of the way, that left room for the Marvels, which, oh my god, like I feel like we just need to go into like a whole tangent as far as like the history of this and kind of how the first Captain Marvel is part of the reason why we are where we are today, politically, movie-wise, just 
everything in general. And I think I want to start this off with probably the most controversial statement that I may have ever made on this podcast. I know, mm-hmm. I believe that I have voiced this to you. I don't know how many people I've voiced this to on the public air, which yeah. is that. Okay. Captain Marvel, right? Famously, I believe to this day, prior to phase four and, and everything we've gotten Marvel post COVID, I believe was the most hated Marvel property. You know, it was between that and Thor the Dark World, right? But right, this was the first one where again, okay, no lukewarm reaction. Every, every like weaker MCU product, I think it's safe to say we, we all know at this point, right, that the MCU has not been just straight hit. But the, the difference between the MCU and previous franchises is that. Up until Captain Marvel, there had never been an entry that had been decreed as straight up bad. Not by the general public, at the very least. There well, were entries. Well, there were. Let, let me put it this way: there okay. were entries that were viewed as weaker than others, and there were entries that were viewed as just okay, but still entertaining. But I don't think there was an entry prior to Captain Marvel that anybody said was straight up bad. You know, like besides, I, I'm not besides say, Thor two, probably well, Thor two, like, but that's even probably that the one. Only one. But even that one, that didn't really happen until much, much later on when, like, know, Infinity like, War and Endgame. Dude, when Dark World came out, I remember people saying, yeah, I kind of liked it. It was just a matter of it was just kind of forgetful. and like nah, kind of just I remember people shitting on that when it came out. But but I, rather the case, like, you're saying that this was Captain Marvel was the first straight up hated Yes, Marvel. that That's was the first even, straight up. Yeah, try saying that on Twitter, okay? Right, right. <laughs> try wait, try wait, saying wait, that wait, on Twitter. Well, it's funny that you mentioned it, right? It made because, a billion dollars, right? right? It made so, a billion like, dollars. Everyone but, saw it, right? Well, exactly. well, well and, and it's and it's it's interesting that you bring that up because that, that is also, again, going to tie into this yeah. uh, conversation as well, which is that, again, we all know why it made a billion dollars, right? It was because it literally know, came out. It was, it was the movie that was – it was one of two movies that was cushioned in between Infinity War and Endgame and the fact that – Three months later, we got yeah. Endgame. So, like, Marvel, like, hype was at an all-time high when, when that came out. Like, an all-time high. Like, say what you will about the quality and everything that happened behind the scenes. That was an absolute genius decision, releasing that what it was. Especially since you could also make the same argument that for Black Panther the year before. You know, obviously, it had the whole Black History Month going forward as well. But, arguably, I would say that Black Panther was helped tremendously by the fact that we got Avengers Infinity War only two months later. You know? Because both Infinity War and Endgame were both released in April as opposed to May, like when it usually comes out. So, obviously, I'm not I'm not going to waste any any time with the, with the preamble as far as like everything that's happened since then. Because we all know what's happened since then. The behind the scenes comments, Brie Larson, COVID, Marvel, everything happening with it that has happened. But this movie in general is kind of funny because this movie, which was originally Captain Marvel two, got renamed the Marvels, shifted directors. Right, you you got Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck who left. You brought in uh, Nia DaCosta who was coming off of Candyman. Right, it goes from being just a direct Captain Marvel sequel to now, oh no, it's got to be a team up movie with these two other characters, one of whom has Marvel in her name, the other one doesn't. Um, it, it got delayed, I believe. This is like has the record with the Flash as like being one of the most, if not the most, delayed superheroes. I believe the, it was initially supposed to come out in what was it, July of 2022. I think was when it was first supposed to come out. It might have been even earlier than that, and mm-hmm. it got like four or five times. Now it has finally been released, and that's not even getting into the rest of the Marvel release dates that just got shifted now because of the strike, where we are now only getting one, one MCU movie next year with. That's the only one. We're not getting another Marvel movie, which if you ask me, I'm like, thank God, because I need, similar to how next year we're going to have no DCEU things, we're only going to have one MCU thing. And I'm like, thank God, because after the last couple of years, I need a break. Like, I I need a break. (laughs) 
death, not even just talking about it because I don't even really talk about this stuff the way that I used to in terms of just with the overall like vigor and enjoyment that I used to. I'm just sick of fucking the discourse. Like Twitter or X as it's now called, it's just, it's ruined everything I feel like that we love about movies. It really has. It has become now... How do we have everything? It's ruined everything. It really Let's has ruined everything. Not even just movies, everything. It has ruined everything. I agree. But 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 for the purposes of this discussion, for the purposes of my life, because I don't care about everything the way that I care about movies, mm. it is just it's ruined it. It's just made it not fun. It, it's taken everything that I feel like that it is that we enjoy about this medium and is just a focus it into a series of things that quite frankly have nothing to do with it in general and pointing out things that yeah people already probably should have known but now it has to just like put everything into a box and tie everything oh this is back to this one thing that's wrong with it and it just it's gotten to a point where it's just not fun anymore and frankly i'm sad that when elon musk bought x he didn't just like destroy it and merge it into like some other like shittier thing that nobody else has or has heard of but the fact that he kept it going is just kind of sad but I you should have just sold it to Facebook, right? That would have been even farther. Well, uh, we'll get back to that. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if that would have been better because in, in terms of picking between Elon and Zuck, unfortunately, well, I think I would Zuckerberg, still go with Zuckerberg would have at least like probably destroyed it. Like he would have destroyed true, Twitter. True, <laughs> true, true. I'll give you that. So with that being said, Dustin, the Marvel. Yeah. So here we are, oh, right? We're two years into this whole MCU Phase Four multiverse experiment. Things are supposedly finally starting to add up to something, although I, I don't know what that quite is, especially it's telling that the Loki finale also dropped uh, this past week as well. Uh, we're we're going to get into that. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But Dustin, so real quick, give the viewing audience your thought on Captain Marvel and how that leads up to the Marvels in terms of, yeah. Yeah, Captain Marvel was uh, not a good movie to me. Um, it was directed by Ryan... Uh, Ryan uh, Fleck and Anna Bowden, who, when I was growing up, they were making some great independent films. Like I remember seeing it's kind of a funny story in theaters, and thinking like, yeah, this is these these guys are good. This this girl and this girl and guy are both good at directing, and they're they make great stories. They have Half Nelson. They made Mississippi Grind with Ryan Reynolds, aka Deadpool. Yeah, they're the ideal people to direct Marvel movies, right? No, because they had no idea how to shoot action. The visual effects were horrendous. The editing's terrible. The, 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 the CGI and that whole fight scene with I'm Just a Girl playing is just dog shit. That, that movie really is only redeemable and watchable when Ben Mendelsohn and Sam Jackson are on screen. Because they're the only ones that seem to like fully get what kind of movie they're in. And Brie Larson, who I do like as an actress, and I think she's very beautiful also, which some people have tried to say, oh, she's not even hot. It's like, shut the fuck up, virgin. Like, what? <laughs> she's going, yeah, there's people on Twitter. That's what I'm saying. They, they ruin everything. They say she's not hot. Like, shut up. She might not be the best choice for that role, but she's beautiful. Okay. And a great actress. And she's proven it otherwise. Like, I, I, I just want to give her a quick shout out because every time I watch Scott Pilgrim, I kind of look forward to her scenes because oh, she's, it's, it's she's one of my most anticipated scenes of that movie. I know, I know, but she's like, like the comic timing is like, it's, it's like unparalleled to anything she's ever done since. Uh, and it's kind of disappointing because she's she has been sort of doing this like half Robert Downey Jr. sort of mimic 
uh, with this character. But I feel like if there's any silver lining in this dog shit movie, sorry, spoiler alert, but she is the best part of this yes. movie, I would yes. say. Yes. Uh, contrary to other people's opinions, I think she's probably the best part of it. And we'll get into the other people, but... Yeah. Uh, I just didn't enjoy that first movie. It, that was such a waste of Annette Benning. It had the most condescending use of Come As You Are by Nirvana I've ever fucking seen in my life. It's just like the, Annette Benning just condescendingly just jamming to it. It's like, just get out of my face. Uh, Fleck and Bowden, it's, it's, it's a miracle they weren't allowed to direct this even worse sequel. Uh, directed by a, uh, someone who does a little bit better with the action and worse with everything else. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say to that. Yeah. Um, as I'm sure you know, the directors of the directors, I say, of these Marvel movies almost never oversee the action. I think the only ones who really do yeah. are the Russos and James Gunn. So I think to to blame Bowden and, and Fleck Favreau. for the actions and, and Favreau, Favreau, and Favreau. Did yes, yes. Yeah. So I think to blame Bowden and Fleck for the poor action sequences I think is rather unfair because I don't because I think they're not nearly as guilty as uh what's it called as any other one of the action sequences yeah, why, from Marvel that that's my to point. Well. why get those directors to direct the movie like because this, they go in line with the Marvel it. with the Marvel track record in terms of okay we're getting that independent that directors no you're right but I'm it's saying only that, worked like, with Ryan Coogler that's the uh, only time it's worked Taika no, not yeah. really. Like not 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 in a visual way, in my opinion. No, not really. Well, they got I, him for the humor. That's what right. they got him for is to right. bring life into Thor. That's right. that's my argument. Which, if you ask me, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, but after Love and Thunder, and I enjoyed Love and Thunder more I than like, everybody else. But, I also did too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of li I liked it more than Ragnarok, but so uh, I. what I will say yeah. is. In comparison, I kind of do like those first two Thor movies a little more than the latter two, only because I feel like those capture more of like the essence of like what it is that people sure. like about Thor than those latter two. Okay, now, as far Will as Captain Walker. Marvel, as far as bringing it back to Captain Marvel, my whole thing with that movie is I think that that movie, my 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 controversial statement, my hot take is, I do not think that that movie is worse per se than any other of the Marvel movies that were coming out at that time. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase. Any of, like, the other, say, like, more mediocre Marvel movies. My thing with that movie that I think ruined it. One, the obnoxious, like, the overtly obnoxious, like, femboss, hoorah, uh, you know, women movement that was going on behind the scenes that was circulated and propagated by, by Brie Larson and by the advertising team and everything. That, to me, is what killed it. The movie itself... I don't think is that bad. I really don't. I think it's all the other shit that was going on around when that movie that came out that killed it. Not to mention the soundtrack. Easily, I mean, Marvel's had a history of, of bad needle drops trying to replicate, obviously, the, the magic of Guardians of the Galaxy. That one's the worst. The most egregious example. Those, those right. tracks, it's like, we get it. It's 95. But not even just that. It's like the most egregious, most obnoxious on the nose. I mean, you mentioned, um, what's it called? You mentioned Come As You Are. Uh, I'm yeah. Just a Girl, which that action sequence is terrible. I'll give you that. What's the song that comes in when she's riding the motorcycle to meet with Sam Jackson at the bar? Da -da, da -da, that one. Da -da, terrible. Terrible. It's just, it's awful. It's not good. And that Benning, not good. But what I will say, what I <laughs> like that that movie what a waste did. Of dude law, too. That then other subsequent Marvel properties just scorched earth was, and this is coming strictly as a comics fan, I liked what they did with the 
twist on the screen on the screen on the Kree Scroll War, where in the yeah. comics, right, the Scrolls were always primarily portrayed as a straight up villains. I mean, the Kree weren't that much better, but the Kree were always kind of portrayed as like the more heroic ones. And I like how in the movie they kind of twisted that on its head and made the Scrolls more of just like you know people who were just being kind of chased by the Kree from planet to planet and made them more survivors. I appreciated that. Yeah. How that translated into Secret Invasion? Well, I, yeah. I like to say, uh, well, I was just that you say. that. Well, you know what's funny about that, right? We talked about yeah. a Secret Invasion, how bad that show was over the summer. Lame. That show was so bad that this movie kind of literally just didn't acknowledge it like no at all not really like at all and like, i think that was the funniest part like that was the funniest part i'm like wow so they said that secret evasion was gonna build into this and outside of right so we know that they were going to some sort of peace conference between the korean scroll right and other than that they didn't mention that at all they didn't mention super scroll i, I love how they even said in secret invasion okay all the scrolls they're all here on earth and i'm like Okay, so what about the Scroll Colony that's on this alien planet that they're going to in this one? So that I just thought was funny, but I'm blaming yeah, that on like because the, the scrolls like show up in this movie, right? I didn't make yes. that up. Yeah, no, no they're in so, here. Yeah, they're so they're in here for like, like five seconds, but they are in here. My second biggest issue with this movie is that it feels way too much like it, it's it's like a cross between it wants to be a sequel to captain marvel and a spin-off of like three of the disney plus shows yes which they specifically said it is like i think that marvel was even dropping in certain uh in certain uh advertising for this they're like yeah not only do you have to wa- have to watch captain marvel the avengers endgame you have to have watched secret invasion you have to have watched wandavision and you have to have watched miss marvel in order to know what's going on and I will say that uh, for my it money, shouldn't be the case. Uh, it shouldn't skips, be. right? So that, that right, and that ties into everything uh, going up previously with the whole what Marvel tried to do with the TV shows, and ultimately how I think the experiment with the TV shows has largely failed, which is why I think they're pulling back from a lot of them. You know, um, what, excluding one cameo in this movie that we'll get into later. Yes, we will get into. I like because of bias reasons, but yeah. right. Right. Uh, Wonder Man has been scrapped. I don't know if they're moving ahead with Vision Quest. Unfortunately, all the other TV shows that they have greenlit are still moving ahead, but they have been delayed. Agatha, Darkhold Diaries, whatever the fuck it's called, is not coming out until December of next year. Ironheart has been delayed to 2025. Echo uh, is dropping all of its episodes at in January, which is ironic because that trailer was already better than like anything that I've seen from them TV show wise in the last uh, couple of in the last couple of years, but. Going into my thoughts on Captain Marvel, right? My thoughts on it were already pretty lukewarm to begin with. So I guess my biggest surprise is that I didn't hate it. I don't love it. It's not one of my favorite movies of the year, but I watch it. I was kind of thoroughly entertained by it, you know? It's nothing amazing, but it's also, and it's nothing that I haven't seen before. But that being said, I think that you were mentioning Brie Larson. She's already better in this than she was in the last two things, which is kind of crazy when you think I mean, about the fact that... Yeah, this is her best performance. Right, well, I mean, character. if you're not counting cameos, right, because she had cameos in, in Shang-Chi and, like, one other thing that I'm forgetting, oh, this, right. this is only her This is only her third major Marvel thing that she's been That's in. That's embarrassing. Kind of funny, I forgot that. Right? Right? Uh, so, so this is only her third major thing. In. Secondly, Tiana Paris, right, as uh, as the daughter of Maria yeah. Rambo, Monica Rambo, who's a pretty famous character. You are not as hot as her. I'm a, a, on her. I'm on the other side. I think she's a pretty damn good actress. I remember I think seeing she her. Tries at least, unlike yeah. a lot of her contemporaries. But I, I just don't think she's that good. That's right. the issue. I, I, I never have seen her in anything that that she's straight up bad in. I remember seeing her back in the day as Don Draper's secretary on Mad Men, and she actually had, like, a couple of solid episodes on that. Uh, she was solid in They Clone Tyrone over the summer. And, uh, yeah, I think she's solid in this. I think her arc with Carol is actually, like, pretty uh, pretty decent, considering the fact that they actually there is a lot of history between those two that's kind of left off the table because we got her 
as, as a, you know, in her own thing in WandaVision, but without any interaction from Carol. Mm. So, I I, well, I didn't like her on WandaVision to begin with, but that was more so the writing and just a little bit of the performance. But in this movie, I just like the writing and performance. It just felt like completely half-assed on every aspect of that. So. And then we get into the third part of this little this little trio. Kamala Khan, uh, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, who, which I think is single-handedly the, the absolute... The movie. Not only the worst part of the movie, the worst yeah. thing that... The worst decision that Marvel has made in terms of bringing... Uh, new characters uh, to the big screen recently because good God. I mean, it's just, it's like, hey, you know what would be great? What would be a smart idea if we made every obnoxious fucking awful, not like genuine like comic book fan and nerd who knows everything, but every like recent Gen Zer uh marvel fan who thinks that they're like a call themselves like a super diehard Marvel fan, but only got into it because Marvel was cool and popular. What if we took that and made that a character. And I understand that Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, is uh, originally based on the comics. And is a Marvel fangirl of some kind. But, like, to this extent, really? Did we really need this? And everyone, and I know what everyone's going to say. Everyone's going to come in and be like the whole, oh, she's the, she's the Pakistani, she's the Middle Eastern representation. Cool. Great. Make cool. her a better character than what we got. Make what her about, character what we got. What about Karen Tony in Spider Verse? Exactly. We had him. Exactly. We had him. He the, the animated like stuff is part more. of the multiverse. They've acknowledged it back and forth. You know. No, it's it, this is insane. I I can't stand that performance. I didn't yeah. watch the show, and quite Me frankly, neither. I don't want to watch the show. That that was one of those shows where going in like before I knew like that that was the one where I just had like before I kind of knew like what the general quality of the shows was going to be. Put it put, yeah. put it this way: I was more excited for to watch She Hulk than I was to watch Captain Marvel. In sure. hindsight, put that yeah. uh, to watch Miss Marvel. And in hindsight, yeah. I, 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 I'm like, I, I, can't, I can't imagine that Miss Marvel is as bad as She-Hulk, which is kind yeah. of insane to me. But and they, they went. No, I don't think it's. I, I don't think it'll be as bad of a show as She-Hulk. Technically, I just think we'll hate the performance more than Tatiana Maslany. The problem with Iman Vellani is that they just didn't. They didn't strike gold with this one, Marvel. No. In no, terms of not. casting, in terms of casting an unknown. They yes. just they dropped the ball on that. Yes, hardcore. Because I because I have to apologize partially to Tom Holland a little bit because I definitely do not like him in those first couple appearances that he does in the MCU, being in Civil War and even in his first film, Homecoming. But at least Tom Holland was – he was in something before Spider-Man to prove that he was a good actor at least. Yes. I, I just thought he was initially miscast in those first couple appearances, and then he kind of grew on me in the in the second and third films, obviously, that I've admitted to you and on this podcast, yes. I yes, believe. Yes, you have. So – and I do like Tom Holland overall. He's grown on me over the years and shit. This girl is not a good actress. She's mu she's the definition of someone who's just mugging the entire time. Yes. And just just doing that, oh geez, like that. They used to have that old sketch on SNL where like Keenan would dress up as Raven It was like the Disney Channel School of Acting. <laughs> that, like, I, I what, think I remember that one actually. Like yeah. that's what that's what it reminds me of her acting. Is just like, but it's completely unironic. Like she's doing that serious, like that—that's her performance. Right. No, it's definitely it's embarrassing. It's definitely a straight, a straight life. Uh, All of her one-liners are annoying. She doesn't like say that thing that Tom Holland does. Like, oh, you remember that really old movie? But I kind of wish she did because because it felt like she did because every line was like nails on a chalkboard and like everything. Like, oh my god, 
ah, like I just couldn't stand her. It was like a yeah. Sean Baker character dropped into this movie for no reason. Yes, yes, agreed. And we all know how Sean Baker loves putting his yelling characters. In, the yelling in kids, everything. especially. Yep, the yelling kids. He he loves doing that. <laughs> yeah, just it, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, I skipped Miss Marvel for that exact reason alone because I knew yeah. exactly what it was going to be. And now seeing that she was going to be in this, and I'm just like, ugh. And her parents were annoying. Oh, my God. That, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. This was an entire show? Thank right? fucking God I skipped this. Right. <laughs> just Jesus Christ. Like, we might be, like, just have, like, a thing against this character and like that performance and just the, 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 just the I like to think that it's just performances like that in general. Cause this yeah. is not the first time that we've complained about something yeah. like that. And we're, we're the hot take on this one. We're having the hot take. Cause apparently she's like the bright spot to everybody else who doesn't like this movie. And it's insane to me. Cause I've seen multiple people say, you know, this movie wasn't very good, but she's great. Wait, she's can we talk about that for a second? People's like, reaction what? to this movie, right? People had really negative reactions. To the first one and the first one cleared a billion dollars right this one right and what's the story everyone's been saying about this one? Oh, it's like the lowest grossing opening that marvel's ever had you know it's like lower than quantum media whatever so like no one's starting out to see this but everyone that i know that's seen this one has enjoyed it i okay. literally every single Maybe. person i've talked right. to was like yeah i enjoyed it and i'm wondering i'm wondering like a couple reasons for that i, I think there are a couple reasons number one the fact that Listen, as many stupid things as there are, there are a lot of stupid things in this movie. Once again, another generic villain. A villain with some motivation, but another generic villain. Uh, played by Tom Hiddleston's wife, which I'm like, cool, but guess what? She sucked in Velvet Buzzsaw, and I can so I can only imagine oh, that she was going to be bad at this. him? Yeah, that's Tom Hiddleston's wife. Um, that's the, that's thing number one. Uh, thing number two. character, yeah. Yeah, the thing number two. The fact that uh, it, it just they, they go to an alien planet in this one and it just turns into a Disney musical out of nowhere. It's like, oh, oh right. we have an entire planet where they just communicate in song. I'm like, oh, great. Just, yeah. just that's what we needed. Uh, that number three, the but the, but the, the biggest thing and the biggest thing why I think that people are not having as negative a reaction to this one as they did in the first one because of all the stupid things happening in this movie. And there's all wrong. There's a lot of stupid shit happening. The whole and this, is, which is, and this is crazy for me coming from a movie that has not one, not two, but three female lead, three credited female leads. Mm-hmm. The whole femme boss, women stronger than everything. I, I didn't get as much of it from this movie. Call me crazy. I didn't get as much of it from this movie. And it just felt like such a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Arguably the movie that kicked off all of this nonsense, all this bullshit that we've been sitting through that Disney's been trying to cram down our throats for these last couple of years. I didn't really find it here. And I think that that's why people are having a much better reaction to this one than they did to the first one. And it's shorter. It's an and hour it's shorter and a too, half. Which helps. It's, it's the shortest Marvel movie to date, an hour and a half. And thank God, because, man, this breezed by. This breezed by. It did not feel long at all. It was super nice, short, in, came, in, out, did everything it needed to do. I didn't even honestly feel like any scenes got shortchanged or cut or anything like that. You know, oh, there was definitely shit that was cut. Oh no, out of for sure movie. there was. I'm just saying that for me, nothing felt like jarring to the point where I'm like, oh, that this needed like an extra ten or fifteen minutes. I never felt that. Well, the, I thought the whole beginning of the movie was very rushed and like just it just it, it put you way too into the action, like way too quickly. It was it, the editing was like way all over the place in the first half of this movie for me. That it just it, it actively bothered me. I was just like it was just cutting every second. And yeah, with the bot, with the with the body swapping and everything. 
the body swapping and just the inconsistency of that, and just like and just just the logic behind that. It was just it was bullshit. It was just kitty bullshit to me that I just don't tolerate in movies. And I'm just like, I wish this was actually compelling. I wish there wasn't forced conflicts in this with Tiana Paris having that grudge against Brie Larson's character, even though Brie Larson was saving the entire universe, even though we we didn't get a movie about that. Which would right. have been a lot more interesting, right? You know, about her actually saving the universe. Oh but no, we, we got to set up. Maybe more she joins stuff. the Guardians of the Galaxy for one for one mission. No, let's no. have her just do bullshit. Yeah, and just have yeah. her thing on on a planet for no reason to remind us. Oh yeah, Brie Larson had a recording contract when she was a teenager. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah, I'm with you on everything uh, on everything there. But like and I said, the worst Sam Jackson, Nick Fury performance, by the way, sorry to interrupt, but that's the worst Sam Jackson, Nick Fury. He just looked like, give me, give me my paycheck now, motherfucker. Like, cause he just quipped his way through this entire movie. It was just so I kinda liked embarrassing. It. I, I kind of liked it. I laughed one time when it was like, oh, that's Carol. That's cause yeah. it's cool. It's Carol when she drops onto the ground. But yeah. Like, uh, yeah. The, 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 the black girl magic bit. I'm like, oh, oh God, we're I, doing this. I, oh, we're doing body, this. My body shivered at that when he said that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, the first act is rushed. By the time you get into the second act of the whole conflict with the Korea, I, I do appreciate how they they got you in immediately. We're like, oh, Fury, it's the Kree. They're back. And I'm like, okay, so that we're, we're not wasting any time here at all. Yeah. Uh, would you say that this movie was like in a rush to like get to the ending as, as far as like the whole multiverse stuff? Because we do get. Two pretty juicy post-credit scenes, for better or for worse. One which I'm just like, ugh, just why are we doing this? The other one I thought was was pretty awesome. But I mean, I feel like we pretty much said everything we need to say about this movie. So let, let's just talk about the post-credit scenes. All right, what was your question though? Like, uh, as far as like, I just felt like this movie was just like rushing through to get what it needed to. Oh right, yeah. The After two things which while, are more yeah. multiverse stuff and Young Avengers. Which, okay, so they said, so the reason why, I can tell you why of all the multiverse cameos that we could have gotten, the reason why we got that one uh, was because uh, they, they said in the Miss Marvel show that Miss Marvel has mutant ancestry or something like that. So she's a mutant, which means that she's going to be the one that not only sets up the Young Avengers as we see, because the first post-credit scene is her interacting with Kate Bishop, Haley Steinfeld's character from Hawkeye, which I'd love to point that out. The, the best part of the movie. Best part of the movie, which I would love to point out the fact that a couple of other people have already beat me to the punch on this, which is that uh, Haley Steinfeld is currently, she's a year older than me, she's 27. That officially makes her two years older than Scarlett Johansson was when she first got Black Widow back in 2010. Uh, Scarlett Johansson was 25 when she got Black Widow. Wow. So I so that just shows you in terms of like how, how much time it's been since then, but they're going to be the Young Avengers. Um, but also the fact that she was like doing the whole Nick Fury shtick, and I'm like, I want to no. fucking vomit at yeah. that. I'm like, that was the one thing where I'm like, just once again, proof that Kamala and Khan me, let, is yeah. one of the worst things that has happened at the MCU. Let me clarify. It's the best part of the movie just because I got to look just at Just because you got to look at Haley Steinfeld. I knew that's where you were going with that. <laughs> I knew that's where you were going with that. I mean, she's great, and I like her. And she's, I, I, and I, I like that you. show. I like that show. I like that performance. She's badass on it. And yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted her to be. I, I wanted her to be the movie. To be honest, yes. Why did we get that? Was that too much to ask for? Give us another, you know, Haley Steinfeld adventure. Right. I don't, so I that's don't clearly care. setting up for Young Avengers, and and we've already pretty much gotten all of them in other properties. We got Cassie, Cassie Lang. We got Eli Bradley. We got uh, Tommy and Billy. Uh, we got uh, the only ones that we have not been introduced. Oh, we got uh, America Chavez. Um, the only ones I believe we have not been introduced to yet is the character of Hulkling, 
who I thought we were going to get introduced to in Secret Invasion, but I don't think we are now because uh, pretty much every Skrull on Earth is going to get killed now. Hulk's um, son. Oh, no, Hulk's son and She-Hulk. Oh, yeah, Scar, S Scar, that's right. Oh, God, forgot about that. Understandably so. Oh, Jesus, they're going to do that, aren't they? Fucking hell. Okay. Ugh, thanks for reminding me of that. Well, um, just the fact that She-Hulk, if, if She-Hulk is involved in any of the movies going forward, it's... Which done. they already we're, confirmed she's going to be in the next oh, Captain America. We're done. This is, <laughs> this is done. We're done. It was done the minute that they fucking did She-Hulk. I know. They really... But, I know. we're but, still but, going. But if they're really going to tie it into the movie... Like and have her like break the fourth wall in Captain America four or five or whatever the fuck it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna be so mad. I that's well apparently that apparently they they had that the reason why they had to push it was because the the test result screenings for the new Captain America were so bad because so of she -Hulk? bad. I don't know because of She Hulk, but apparently of she -Hulk. probably it was probably part of it. It's probably like they so saw her pop up, but they were like, dude, let's, what let's Catherine fuck? let's Catherine Langford her out of that movie. Okay. <laughs> That's 13 reasons why her out of this movie, okay? Please. Oh, that, was, that, that was a great bullet deflected right there with her taking her out of Endgame. Right? Yeah. So oh, man. Like, that, 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 that didn't, didn't happen. work at all. No, it's, it's it. not good at all. No. Oh, I saw it. That was terrible. That was yeah. fucking awful. But then we get the second post credit scene, which the, the, the finale of this movie, right, is they lose Monica. She's healing up an a, a interdimensional rift, which the fucking Zaw Ashton's character opens you up a portal. You have to explain this to me. Yeah. And, then get, and, then gets, and then gets killed by, a fucking, by the fucking power bracelets because I'm like, okay, we've never seen that before. Um, and she ends up in a different universe. She wakes up and it's like, oh, my mom's here. Oh, and then she starts crying. And who walks in? I mean, I already knew it before the movie even started, but it's like, oh, it's Kelsey Grammer's Beast. Then I'm like, oh, okay. So more, more multiverse cameo. Then I'm like, I have questions. So, okay. That version of Maria Rambo, Lashana Lynch's character, Captain Marvel, that we get in that clearly looks like the 838 one that we got in Multiverse of Madness. And we have Kelsey Grammer's Beast in there. I'm assuming that this is Earth 838. Charles is dead, and this version of Captain Marvel was also killed by Wanda. So if this is Earth 838, when does this take place? Because, like... And she doesn't have a daughter, apparently, because she, right. uh, she doesn't recognize... So she doesn't, doesn't recognize, recognize her. Right, right. So there was that. I'm like, this has to be Earth 838, right? Because Beast mentions Charles. So I was just... Oh, so many questions. So many questions. They gotta stop. And if Deadpool three, and if Deadpool three has Deadpool three, better answer some, better set some fucking shit straight with this multiverse stuff. Because I'm getting annoyed by the amount of cameos that we're getting and no explanation as far as like how this all ties together. Because it would be one thing, right? The No Way Home thing works because that's other movies and franchises that we are used to that we are making that makes sense because that ties into the Tobey Maguire movies and it ties into the Andrew Garfield movies. But with the shit between Multiverse of Madness and now. How is this supposed to tie into the Fox X-Men universe? Sure, it's the same actors from that universe, but how does this tie in in any way, shape, or form to the Fox universe? Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm confused, you know? Because they're clearly retconning and, and changing some <clears throat> shit around. This universe, like, it has, like, um, like a Doctor Strange and a Fantastic Four and a Captain Mar and, and a Captain Marvel and all that. I'm just, I'm confused. I'm lost. I, I need some answers. I need, I need some answers. Dustin, do you have any answers for me? Any at all? Dude, my brain is broken by this shit. 
It doesn't make any sense. It needs to make sense. No, Kelsey Grammer is just in this because he's he's doing a new Frasier reboot, and it's like, oh yeah, Kelsey Grammer's around. What is he doing? Is the he irony on Paramount Plus? The irony being that he's one of the best parts of those X Men movies, and he only sure. was in one movie. Right. No, it's cool. It's cool a little bit, but it's it, like you're saying, like the novelty is starting to wear off. Like, oh no, no. Bit, it has oh, worn off. Like it, the, it wore oh, off with yeah, Multiverse of Madness. No, you're absolutely correct. Like it has worn off at this point. You're yeah, not Chris, right. It, Chris, it really they, wore off at Spider-Man No Way Home. Right? No, they they, they made it work with No Way Home, and then yeah. when they put Krasinski in in, in the Multiverse of Madness, I'm like, I, but and then killed him, and I was like, oh, and then they killed him off funny. after five seconds. That was yeah. funny. But that's where the novelty died. That that yeah, that's where it died. Yeah. And, and now that they, they and the, and the problem is is that they they keep teasing us and then not doing it because they queued us up right with Evan Peters in Wandavision and then they didn't do anything with that. But now they are. So it's like, like you, you, right you can't now, have it. Oh, don't even get me started. It's I, like you, you can't have it both ways. You, you can't have it shit. both ways. Oh, the boner shit is. It's either all oh. connected in the multiverse or it isn't. You can't have it both ways. I thought that was going to be the worst thing they ever did, and then they did. Oh she no! Oh no! Yeah, that was that was just the tip of this year ice of this year Dick Cheese iceberg, my friend. I know, but when when they introduced Evan Peters just to be like, oh, he's fucking irrelevant. He's just a guy named Boner. It's like, fuck you. Like, so dumb. <laughs> just so as a dumb. fan, as a fan, I'm not even like a diehard fan, but I am a fan of this shit because I watch it, obviously. And like, you don't do that. I love no. Evan Peters. No, it's you don't crazy. do that. You don't do that. At great as that character, he's like a fan favorite. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. You don't do but, but it was already bad enough that they fridged him in the last Fox X-Men movie, but then to have right? them do that shit. No, they, they yeah, they Terry cruised him. They Terry cruised him, exactly. Yeah. They Terry cruised him. You know why they Terry cruised him? Because he was calling out just how ridiculous that movie was. They're like, yeah, we, we got to get this guy out of here because he's going yeah. to ruin our – he's going to expose us for this bullshit. He's like, hey, why would you guys bring me back if you're just going to call me Boner? <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. That's fine. He he's won an Emmy now. He's he's gonna be just fine. He's, he's gonna, gonna win he's another probably, one. Too. We're gonna win another one. Exactly. If these Emmys ever happen, you know, ever, the, he needs to be in movies. He needs yes. a film agent. Yes. God damn it. He's, he's so great. sick of him doing all these Ryan Murphy stuff. Like, cause he's so good. Get him, uh, get him away from Ryan Murphy. Yeah. But yeah, but one out of five it. for the Marvels. I did not uh, like. Him. I gave it. I gave it three and a half out of five. Uh, I, I know you raised it. Yes. You gave it a three. Originally. Yeah, yeah, I raised it. Oh. I, I did raise it. I did raise it. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. It's not one of the best of the year, but I enjoyed it. So. I give this movie a some old bullshit. <laughs> Not a fuck you? No, it's not a fuck you just because Haley Steinfeld's in it. All right, so she saved it from being a fuck you. Got and, it. Brie, All right. and Brie Larson, too, because I like. I thought she gave more of an effort than she ever has as yes, this character. I agree. I agree. But apparently she didn't get along with Tiana Paris on the on the set. But that's interesting. Just, that that's is just speculation. In, in, very interesting. Yeah. The only thing that I'm going to say. Screen, yeah. The only thing, other thing that I'm going to say before uh, we move on to uh, the actual good movie that we have this weekend, which is The Killer, which is uh, the Loki season two finale, also aired this past weekend, and it was fantastic. Everybody who's seen it already knows what happened, and Twitter is obviously going nuts about it, and making countless memes about it, and it was really great. It was a really surprising wrap up to that character that I didn't know we could have gotten after he died in. Infinity War, but uh, considering you know how the entire show is acted as like this retrospective on Loki as a character, while also 
being the setup for Kang the Conqueror. They even managed to somehow not quite redeem, but make better the so one of the worst characters in recent history, which is the female version of Loki, the Sophie DiMartino character. Because and I'll t and the reason why is because they even say in the finale just basically how yeah she screwed everything up by killing that version of Kang, but they managed to fix it. And what they do with Loki, I won't spoil it uh, for you, Dustin, because I, I definitely think it is worth watching. Okay. But uh, yeah, it, it it was really good. It was really good, and they wrapped up that character really nicely. And it was one of those things where. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of still sitting with me and I'm still thinking about it, which I'm like, listen, if it's doing that, then it's clearly doing something right. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard That's... very good things about that. I, I, I tried watching the second episode and I just, I, there's something about this season that's just not hooking me. Uh, see, for me, oh. it was the total opposite. I, I could not wait for this show week to week and it just got better Jonathan and better majors hasn't showed up yet that's probably john of the majors isn't until episode three once he comes oh, in in God. three that's yeah. that's what it that's what it kicks off that's yeah. what it that's what it hits its high that's what i'm waiting for because the irony being that like that they they had one storytelling decision in there that i'm like i don't know if this was directly supposed to be like a thing with majors because i don't know if this was filmed before or not the court the whole thing happened if they were in post or whatnot they were just like i ah, do this over and over again in editing but they, but they do have one thing where it's like they, they, they kind of do the thing where he dies over and over and over again in a montage. But other than that, like he comes in and he steals every scene that he's in. He's just he's so good. But um, yeah, moving on to David Fincher's The Killer, which there's a there, there's a lot of stuff to talk about here. There's there's a lot of stuff to talk about here. Namely the fact that David Fincher is kind of sort of part of the reason why we're in the media state that we're in because he's the one that legitimized Netflix when Netflix gave him House of Cards when they greenlit House of Cards, which at the time was unheard of. You know, you had a movie, you you had a, not even just a pilot and then a later series order, you had a full two-season order with those first two seasons of House of Cards, which at the time was unheard of, and they were all dropped at once, which literally sets us up for like a decade of new ways in which we can watch uh, TV. Uh, in which we can watch TV so much so that pretty much every other streaming service when it came around went the opposite way and started releasing their episodes individually week to week. Not only that, but Netflix also greenlit another show from Fincher and Fincher's next feature film up after Gone Girl. And Fincher has pretty much exclusively released his stuff exclusively on Netflix. Uh, since then, you know, you've had uh, two seasons of Mindhunter. You had Mank, which came out in 2020, which was uh, you know, uh, a script that his that his dad wrote that he had tried to get financed uh, early in the 90s that then didn't work, that he then was able to get greenlit on Netflix. And now we are with The Killer, which is an adaptation of a French graphic novel. It stars Michael Fassbender, the first time that he's worked with Fincher, uh, which I'm like, that, that is apparent that I'm like, how is this only happening now in 2023? This should have happened like, years ago welcome uh, back fastbender yeah right also fastbender a guy who hasn't acted in what six seven years something like that he wanted to take a break in order to do race car driving and now he's back with a double release too not only this but he's got next goal wins with taika waititi next weekend and so now that the killer has come out a lot of people have been saying yeah this is a back to basics movie a lot of the initial criticism has been saying okay yeah this isn't anything that we haven't seen before but it's fincher so it's good and dustin i think it's funny how we kind of had almost the exact same reaction to this yeah after the fact, which is that we were both kind of like, it's really good, but is, is the, but we're, we're kind of lukewarm on it. Right. I, I think it is kind of funny how we were both like, me, I, more so. I, I will say, I will say, I'm not going to give this a definitive star rating because I need to watch it again, because I will admit the, I guess this is the biggest thing that I noticed was, and I don't know if this was just the nature of the filmmaking or the nature of how the story was being told. I could not 
stop getting distracted. Like every five seconds, I kept looking at my phone. Oh. I, I just, I couldn't focus on it for whatever reason. And there were some, and every time I look back, I'm like, this is amazing. Again, it's just, it's got everything we love about Fincher movies. It's got the crisp, amazing looking cinematography. Fincher's one of the only people that can make digital filmmaking look just as in-depth and, and, and engaging as, as a traditional analog film. He's got some incredible performances. The way that it's split up, the movie's split up into several vignettes in which you follow Michael Fassbender's unnamed killer character as he engages in a hit. Uh, something goes horribly wrong. Retaliation happens. And then he basically goes and executes a series of, uh, you know, of revenge hits on all the people that are following him. But I just found that there was something not disengaging, but something kind of oddly, like, not hypocritical, but ironic in the sense of where we're kind of watching this, this killer character go against every one of his rules that he sets up, which is kind of an interesting bit because that's a bit that kind of goes back to Heat, where basically all the rules that Robert De Niro's character in that movie sets for himself, he breaks, you know, where his whole thing is, is like, you know, well, I don't have empathy. Eventually, but he's, yeah. Eventually, yeah. He's like, I don't have empathy, but I have this other girlfriend in this private life that I've got, you know, follow these rules to a T. But then, you know, it, it's like it's like he's got plenty of, of chances to take that shot in the beginning, but he but he doesn't. And then when he finally does, he, he misses that it screws up the whole thing, you know. So I just found that to be like kind of this weird thing to kind of off put me. And even as everything that I watched for the rest of it was awesome and engaging and so crisply well shot, particularly the Tilda Swinton when she comes in in this scene. And also shout out to Beacon, New York, another mm -hmm. Hudson Valley insert uh, for us right there. Mm -hmm. I was just like. I, I don't know, man. I just, I'm, I'm really, I, I really didn't know how to feel about it. But was uh, it too repetitive for you? No, it wasn't that it was repetitive because I could tell that every instance was going to build into the same thing. But like specifically, I think the scene with Sala Baker, there were a lot of instances where I'm like, dude, just fucking kill the guy. Like, come on. Like, there, it was just a lot of instances where it's like, in a weird way, almost like, <coughs> almost like what John Wick fixed. Where it's like every time we would complain, it's like, oh my God, they're taking forever. Just kill him. And then John Wick would just come in and drop like 30 bodies. I feel like almost like this movie in a way kind of got ruined by John Wick. This is like a pre-John Wick kind of a movie. If, if you if you know what I, you, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh I I think on a technical level, and I was saying this before, like, this is better than most movies we've gotten this year. Of course. For sure. And like the the score again, another phenomenal Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross score, and uh, we didn't even mention Michael Fassbender's voiceover in this that really right. drives the whole movie. And uh, Michael Fassbender, it's like I got to say this again, it's great to see him back because he's one yeah, of my right. favorite modern day actors. He's one of the more electrifying screen presences of all time. Yes, in in my opinion, and uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed this movie. And I, I yeah, do, do I think. It's a little. Uh, it's like the best Jason Statham movie we've we've never gotten. I would say. Yeah, right. Like, like exactly. And, and, and that kind of sounds like a backhanded compliment to David Fincher, who has made better and more complex and thought provoking films like Gone Girl and The Social Network and Seven and Zodiac and even the irony. Yeah, the, the irony being this is the first time he's worked with Andrew Kevin Walker since Seven, I believe. Right. Uh, yeah, but it's a different kind of killer movie if you want to, you know, go in that way. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I'm a little lukewarm in, in the fact that I don't, I'm not giving this a 10 out of 10, but it is one of the very best films of this year. And I agree. I, I will rewatch this again uh, quite gleefully. And I think uh, that the soundtrack is great with all, all exclusively Smith's songs, Yes, uh, which is a that great little cool. touch. 
but yeah, it, it, it's it, it's occasionally very funny and has a good sense of humor about itself, has a good ensemble cast. I don't really have much wrong with this movie. Maybe a little bit of a pacing issue in the middle of it uh, when his missions get a little bit repetitive at points. Uh, but uh, other than that, it's a methodical, really well-written, really well-acted, really well-made film. And yeah. it's, it's all I really want from not only film studios, but Netflix as well. So this yeah, is right. a, a, a huge thumbs up for Netflix. And uh, it's a thumbs up for David Fincher, who is one of my absolute favorite filmmakers ever. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I finished all of Fincher's uh, movies during COVID when Mank was coming out. I rewatched. Um, I've been rewatching a couple of them up to this point. I rewatched uh, Fight Club. I rewatched. Um, oh yeah, that's one I forgot. I rewatched yeah, Mank. Actually, I rewatched uh, Seven. Um, and and, and I, it's kind of interesting because it's a similar process to me with Mank, where I watched Mank the first time. I didn't like it as much. But I've rewatched it, but a couple times since then, and I'm like, no, this is fucking brilliant. I, 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 I'm probably one of the people that like I really, really enjoy Mank, probably more than like most people do. I've even quoted, I've even got like several quotes from that movie written down because I just like I feel like they just speak to me like so personally. But yeah, it's interesting to see Fincher like in this phase of his career because so many directors, you know, because he just turned uh, he just turned uh, 61, I believe, actually. So he's he's getting up there. I, I, you know, I actually got to see him at, at the Tribeca talks uh, over the summer with with Steven Soderbergh, and that was just fucking great because he spent the whole first 20 minutes just shitting all over alien three what a terrible experience that was it is just seems like somebody who just still has got it even up to the up to the point where like directors start to quote unquote lose it so it's really really good really uh satisfying to see that especially given that he is one of the most uh one, one of the best most influential uh you know most uh um what's it called uh genre not genre most form defining directors really he's one of the directors that really has spurned uh the the uh, what's called the the digital revolution uh again his editing techniques they're so crisp they're so uh precise obviously we all know this um factor, to the point yeah. where yeah, netflix has pretty much modeled their entire visual look after his look that's how influential he is yeah it's, and it's good to see that he hasn't lost any of that with this movie it's just I just I gotta rewatch it because I can already tell this is one that I uh, the, the reason why I'm not gonna like try and say that oh this is how I feel definitively about this movie because I know I just I wasn't engaged fully with it and I have to be engaged fully with it. like I said I don't know if it was just a uh, me like my headspace thing because sometimes I'll admit I'm just not in the right headspace to want to watch a movie it happens you know and that was definitely trying to watch this on a Saturday morning recovering from a night of drinking was definitely not not at all the right headspace to be in for this but um what's called but for my money at least from what I saw it was technically brilliant. Uh, just in terms of the fact that we never get movies like this anymore. It was really satisfying to see, not to mention the fact that there was another movie that I saw today that was also very reminiscent of movies that we used to get all the time, that being Alexander Payne's The Holdovers. I'm going to talk more about that uh, next week. But uh, that one was also, again, just really refreshing, really touching, really reminiscent of like just feeling really old school. Um, and, you know, it's another movie about a boarding school, which are we got a lot of those back in the 90s for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, The Killer, I will say that while, yes, it is not at all the first kind of move with these movies that we've seen, it's Fincher, so he does it unlike anybody else. And he does it, it is an absolute masterclass. The cast is all great. Uh, I didn't recognize that was Sala Baker, a.k.a. the the performer, the, the voice of Sauron from Game of Thrones. Sorry, from Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's getting late. Uh, that's where my brain is right now. I now know how Chris <laughs> felt whenever he kept doing all those Freudian slips over, over the years. Um, what's it called? Uh, when he was having that fight scene with him in the middle. Uh, you had uh, obviously Arliss Howard pop in at the end. Arliss Howard, who had a very, he's very great. memorable supporting performance in uh, in, in Mank, yeah, his track record in this. He's 
absolutely fantastic. He's uh, never he was, been bad. Yeah, he's though. never been bad at anything. Also spectacular in his couple episode arc in, in True Blood season six. Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Uh, Lost World as well. Right, um, dude. He's, he's, that. he's awesome. He's, he's really, killer. Really... He's killer, that guy. Yes, yes, he is. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, I'm trying to remember what other uh, what, what what other uh, victims uh, Michael Fassbender uh, killed in this movie. Um, the the ending I think is 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 not poignant, but it, it's definitely like uh, I don't know how you how you feel about the ending. It was a bit anticlimactic, but the more I think about it, the more sense it makes, and it is kind of cool because it it, yeah. it, is, it is like a different sort of ending for these kind of movies because I feel like movies like this usually end a lot more like bleaker and yes. a lot like more and if anything definite. it's Fincher so it's Fincher yeah. so that's what I kind of what we've come to expect from his movies, I don't know, you know? I, I, I kind of like it the more I think about it the the ending but I yeah. will rewatch this this is a strong four and a half out of five but Dominic it's my number two of the year yeah I saw that I saw teenage that. Teenage Mutant Ninja I'm telling you, man, it's going to be your number one of the year. It's going to happen. I'm not trying to wish it onto you, but I've known you this long. I know you well enough. I'm telling you. Dude, when we do the top ten of the year, that's going to be great. It's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to come up with like a whole – I'm going to make put in like a whole music Define video great. montage. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I don't know, man. I, I'm looking forward to Please Don't Destroy. Watch the first four minutes of that. Uh, they just put it on YouTube to get uh, to psych it up for the release on Friday. I'm telling you, that looks fucking good. The Eisenberg and, and Adrian Brody one? Is that that one? No, that's Manodrome. No, Please Don't Destroy. It's going on Peacock. It's the SNL guys. I showed you the trailer for yes, it. Yes, 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 yes. I do remember. Yes. Conan O'Brien's in it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm telling you, watch the first four minutes of that. That looks really fucking good. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll do that for sure. But yeah, so like I said, I, I am elected to not give this a star rating yet because I have not uh, until at least until I get the, get a chance to rewatch it so I can like give it its proper due. But yeah, I've, I've for, from what I saw again, technically brilliant. I just need to give it a need to give it another watch because I've made that mistake too many times in movies in the past. Where I said I didn't like them, and then I ended up going back and loving them. Babylon being the key phrase, so I'm trying to I'm trying hard to not uh, not repeat that with this one. So Saltburn has yeah. to be great. There's, oh my god, if Saltburn isn't great, dude, Iron Claw, Emerald Fennell, one of the one only of those people who, two, yeah, one, Emerald Fennell, one of the only people who's been able to make a competent movie in twenty in the 2020s. Like, sorry, one one of the one of the first new people that's been able to make a competent movie in the 2020s. Like, that has to be good. It has to. Holdovers, I hope, is like holdovers. Like, I'm telling you, you'll love holdovers. Okay, is great. Good. That that's right. already in the, that's already in the top ten of the year. No question. Uh, okay, okay, okay. All yeah, right. that was great. And G, like I said, Giamatti's in. Divine Randolph Joy is in. She'll get nominated for sure. Giamatti, I don't know because Best Actor is fucking packed this year. We're gonna have to do an Oscars episode at some point so we can just go over the amount of people that are up for Best Actor. Um, you just read her name like it was like her birth certificate. It's Joy. What Divine, <laughs> it's Divine Randolph Joy. <laughs> It's Divine Joy Randolph. Wait, what? The joy comes first? No, it's Divine Joy Randolph. It's not Divine Randolph Joy. Oh, man. They got to get these. They got to they, they stop putting people out there with these three names. I can't keep track. Okay. Divine Joy Randolph. Okay. I don't know. Just the It feels like it, it rolls off the tongue more. If it, You if know it's her from. Uh, Dolomite uh, is my name. And the idol. Yeah, exactly. Which she, she was, was like phenomenal the, in. She was one of the phenomenal best parts in. of that. One of yeah. the best parts of that show. 
And she was at office Christmas party yep. as the as the security guard. Yes, she yeah. was. Yes, she was. No, the acting, the acting in the idol. Listen, I, I know everybody's like kind of moved on from it now that it's canceled and it's never coming back. But mostly, listen, the acting good. in the idol was great. I mostly didn't really, really have a good. problem. I didn't really have a problem with any of the performances on that show. Eli Roth was fucking. Eli great Eli Roth on that. was great. Yeah, yeah even fucking uh, even what's her name, Jane Adams. She grew on me. Yeah, fucking she's a good actress. Troy Sivan, Susanna Sun was awesome. Lily right. Rose Depp killed it in every episode. I just uh, even Rachel Seno, who is becoming very, very annoying to me in in real oh, life, okay. not as overexposed as Iowa Tabiri, but becoming ve- starting to become a little annoying. I, and I much. like Rachel. I like Rachel in in movies and shows. Yes, and stuff. like I yes. like her as an actress. As a personality, I don't know. And that's the problem for me is yeah. now that I see her personality and see how close her performances yes. are to her personality, it just it kind of ruins it a little bit for me. You know, I I, I feel as that good way as she was in Bodies, 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 and as yeah. great as that movie was, that movie yeah, I don't, was fucking hilarious. I don't think she's probably as annoying as that character is supposed to be. Like in real, like, but I, I don't think she's that annoying in real life, probably. But Iowa Beery, I just, I'm getting like how Fucking people used, done with her. How people used to get annoyed by Michael Sarah when he was showing up and things after. Oh, I, I, I've been annoyed like, with her like since, because like, I already knew like after the Bear season one, I'm like, oh, she's gonna get overexposed no. and everything. It's and so, yeah. She really I think was. she was in. Mo- I think she, as an actress, is a, is the actress that I've seen in the most things that's come out this year. I'm pretty sure. Because well, by the default, bear, yeah. the bear bottoms, theater camp, Ninja Turtles, and there was like one other thing that I saw her in too. She's gonna be in the Sweet East. That exactly. And, so uh, five things. Right she was in something else too, though. Yeah. But um. Oh, she. Did we mention Teenage Mutant? Yeah, we did. Yep, Ninja okay. Turtles. Yeah, but that's, um, that's where this whole tangent started. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, Iowa Beery is like I liked her in the first couple episodes of The Bear until I realized, oh, that's all she does is just that awkward shtick, and she just repeats everybody what everybody says, and she's annoying. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. hopefully Saltburn or the Iron Claw. What about the Iron Claw? I hope the Iron, Iron Claw, Claw better be good. Iron Claw better be fucking it's getting good. great still, reviews. Yeah, it's and I'm still holding out, and I'm still holding out hope for poor things in Maestro too. I'm still oh, holding yeah. out hope poor for things. both of those. Maestro, I don't think, is going to be one of my favorites of the year, but I, I don't think I'm going to like that as more as much as I did Star is Born, which I love. Right. Yeah, we'll see. You know what's funny? I I, I think I might rewatch Star. I haven't seen Star is Born since it came out great. in theaters. So a great movie. Yeah, I might, I might rewatch it. I don't know. But with that being said, people, that is it. Ugh, as I let out that fart there. Uh, that is it. Ooh. That is another episode. Oh, yeah. Just let that zinger go. Let, yeah. J- uh, what's it called? That is it. That is another episode. of the, That is our latest episode of the Talking TV Podcast. We'll be back next week. We got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of content dropping next week. We got Hunger Games. We got Next Goal Wins. We got Monarch. We're also going to be talking about... Uh, was, we got, Yeah, we got Monarch on Apple TV. We're also going to be talking about For All Mankind and The Curse next weekend. Um, we got, oh, there's one. Did you watch that yet? That's fucking good. So not yet. yet. I'm going to, I'm going to watch it after we're done. I'm going to watch it probably either. If not tonight, then tomorrow, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Solid pilot. Yes. Really, really looking forward to that. Don't, don't say anything about it, but cause you and I, we've been waiting for that show since what, when did they announce that? 2017, 2018, something like that. It's been a long time. It wasn't that long ago. I don't know. It's been like a couple of years. I swear I've been hearing rumors about that show for a long time now. So hasn't been that long, but it's like a couple of years. Let's say that something like that. But uh, like I said, so we're, we're covering all of that next week before we wrap up November with Wish and Napoleon and we move into the final month. Dustin, where can the good people follow you on the interwebs? As always, you can follow me on YouTube, 
uh, Mr. G Movie Reviews. They can follow me on Twitter or X, and they can follow me on Letterboxd, Dustin Mason. Yes, and you can follow myself at Movie Nerd Reviews across all platforms. Should have followed the official Talking TV podcast across all platforms. Uh, subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Twitch. This episode will be available tomorrow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any place else that you can get your podcasts. And as always, people, 12 seasons in a short film, and watch more fucking movies. We'll see you guys next week. Thank <laughs> you.